0: and as we open the word of God today seeing and knowing in our minds that your word is your voice may it speak to us today may it show us the balance of the fear of the Lord and the love of the Lord to know and to understand the truth Lord may our hearts be open to what it is that you want to say to us challenge us today we give you permission I pray in Jesus name amen 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 thank you so much hey I got one quick announcement for you Uh, I want you to know and understand that we're getting ready to have baptisms. Both churches come together for this event. We're doing it in two weeks. There is a flyer that needs to be filled out, and uh, this needs to be filled out. If you have given your life to Christ and have not been baptized, we encourage you to do this. Become a part of it. Lifeline Church will come on over here. There's a baptismal underneath here. We'll have baptisms. We'll have a cake and enjoy some time. So, but you must have that filled out by next week. Okay? All right. Thank you very much. How many of you, your favorite Christmas movie is Home Alone? Home Alone. In just a second, I want to show you a clip from Home Alone. But I want you to remember, do you remember the guy next door? The guy that everybody kind of had rumors about? The guy who everybody thought, you know, he he was taking the garbage out and they thought there was dead bodies in there and they were just really terrified and afraid of him. Well, the little guy from home alone actually runs into the guy. Of all places, he runs into him in church. A lot of things going on around about me. Rumors. At the top of your notes, I have one word there. I just have the word rumors there. Rumors, you know, a lot of rumors going around about me, about you, whatever it might be at the top of your notes there. Pull out your notes there or pull out your smartphone. Go to the Bible app, lower right-hand corner, hit those three lines there, and you can actually go to events, and uh, you will pull up all of the notes and everything that you need. Rumors uh, uh, that are out there. What, What do other people say about you? what other people say about me you know not the truth rumors you know what are they saying about your business what are they saying about who you are your family your your your, your kids we, we we don't like people making up rumors about our kids we'll stand up for them but what if you have ever done have you ever made up a rumor about yourself you know a tall dark and handsome rumor just a rumor you ever made up a rumor about yourself? We had a friend who looked like Greg Pruitt. Now, some of you don't know who that is. Greg Pruitt was a running back for the Cleveland Browns many years ago when they used to win. And we had a friend, we'd go to different places, places I don't go to now, but we'd go to places and we'd start spreading a rumor about him. We'd talk to people say, hey, you know, that Greg? I think that's Greg Pruitt. Greg Pruitt's here, you know? And they go around, before you know it, the, the DJ would be announcing, Greg Pruitt's here, and my friend was just so shy, he'd sit there kind of chuckling a little bit, you know. He, he couldn't hardly even stand up for himself. He was just so shy about the whole thing. We would start rumors. And I just wonder sometimes if Christians don't tell rumors, not about somebody else, but about ourselves. Is it a rumor that you're a Christian? Is there a rumor out there? And maybe you even believe the rumor? I'd like to talk to you today about the fact that you know sometimes we think we're Christians and we think we are because of a, it's a way of life. It's this way of life and we've had an experience with Jesus Christ. You know, we're a morally good person. We don't lie, we don't cheat, we go to church and I would ask you the question as we look at Romans the 8th chapter tonight, does any of those things have anything to do with the infilling of the Holy Spirit? The fact that the Spirit lives inside of me. Oh yeah, they do a little bit, but can you do all of those things? And will that cause the Spirit of God to live inside of me? That's what I'd like to take a look at with you today. I really have this thought that I wanted to give the balance of being in the fear of the Lord, right? The beginning of wisdom, it gives us insight into the Lord. Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter, what does the Lord, your God, ask of you? but to fear the Lord, have this reverence, this respect for him, to walk in obedience, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, and to keep his commands, observe his commands. It isn't a matter if I call myself a Christian and I say I love Jesus. Jesus says, if you love me, I say this all the time, if you love me, you will keep my commands. It means he's my Savior. He he is truly my Lord. Verse Psalm 33, but the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him who have a respect and a reverence from him. And I'm concerned that grace has pushed out any type of respect, so much so that we live any way we want. But this passage has both the balance of what I want to talk to you today about. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. So I'd like to talk to you about just using five words today, five words of balance that come from Romans, the eighth chapter. Number one in your notes, want to fill it in with me? It's the word freedom. It's the word freedom. Now, folks, verse 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The word freedom, you you notice when there's a promise, and and sometimes people think, well, that verse should be included in chapter 7. It really is great to know chapter 7, but not necessary today. There's a promise made, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but do you get the condition of the promise? Do you get it? Don't claim that there's no condemnation in you if you aren't in Christ Jesus. And the rest of these verses are going to tell us exactly what that means. There are two laws, or if you call them, two forces that are out there. The law of, by which we live by, it's only one or the other. It's the law of the Spirit. The law of the Spirit that sets me free. It governs my life. The Spirit of God directs me, guides me, convicts me, and enables or empowers me. When you sit here and you think, what do I use to do ministry? We use the power of the Spirit. What do I do to defeat sin or temptation? It's the power of the Spirit. And that is what we should be living out. But there's another law out there. There's another force out there. And it it governs my life also. It directs and guides and it takes me down. The, 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 The law and the sin of death, it takes me down. You see, we want the law of the Spirit because it's the only law that gives freedom. And freedom is in the balance of whichever law you live according to. Forget calling yourself a Christian today. I want you to ask yourself, does this speak truthfully of what's in my life? Look at verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, or a better word might be the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so, he condemned sin in the flesh. I ask myself, and you ask yourself the question, am I free? Does that describe me? Does it describe me being set free from sin? Is that what it's describing in me? The question is, I ask myself, not am I a Christian, I ask myself the question, am I led by the Spirit? Am I free? God has set up a brand new powerful law that is found in the Scriptures. It was never before until the day of Pentecost. It was never before until Jesus Christ had defeated sin and sits at at the right-hand throne of the Father and comes by His Son. There's a radical new law that has been laid out, given to us, proposed to you and to me. You think about radical changes in people's lives. I think about a 16-year-old who has this radical change in their life, right? For most of their first 15, 16 and a half years, they can only go as far as they can bike or walk. Now, they will get some people that will drive them a few different places, mom and dad, all kinds of different places, but they're limited. And then all of a sudden, the law changes if they get a driver's license. They get a driver's license, it's a radical change, and then try paying for their insurance. It's a radical change in their life. There's a different law that governs them when they get their driver's license, when they pass the test. Does the Spirit and the power of the law of of the Spirit live inside of me? Does He live inside of you? Have you just, is there just a rumor out there that you're a Christian? Look at verse 4. Why did all this happen? So he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled. You know why we couldn't live according to the law? Because of the sin nature. We, we couldn't live it. We couldn't. Once you sin one time, you broke it. And the only one that lived it and did not break it was Jesus Christ. He came to fulfill it. Therefore, He is the one who will give us His Spirit. Therefore, we can live by it so that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Jesus' work on the cross is supposed to set up a brand new freedom inside of me that I might meet the full requirement of the law through the love of Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Spirit, freedom. Am I living in according to the sinful nature, or am I living according to the Spirit? I'm not who I say I am. I am who God says I am. Therefore, we look at the Scriptures to examine our hearts today. Maybe today you need to make a recommitment, or maybe a first-time commitment to Jesus Christ. This is the challenge. This is the test I want to take a look at. The second word is the word mindset. Number two, mindset. I have a definition uh, in your notes there. What one has in the mind, the thoughts, and the purposes. What's the thoughts and the purposes according to what the Scripture teaches? In regards to sin and how you can live holy, what's your mindset set on? I have a friend I was talking to just a couple days ago. His wife woke up about a year ago and said, That's it, I'm getting in shape. She worked at it. She got in shape. She put a Bible app on. And just, a, I think, a couple weeks ago, sometime fairly recently, she just ran a triathlon. She put her mind to it. She had a new mindset. I want to ask you what your mindset is. Let's take a look at what the Scripture says, verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mindset set on what the flesh desires. But those who live accordance with the Spirit, have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. Two different kinds of mindset. One on the flesh. What, 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 what I want and what I desire and what comes easy is almost always what it is of, of, of the flesh. It's, it's the phraseology when we sin, when we can't do what, what God calls us to do. Well, everyone's human. It's the words we use. Are you guys familiar that there is a movement inside Christianity to dumb it down more than ever before? Have you seen the book, um, Spiritually... I forget that. That's not it. Sorry, Logan. What was the book you used the other morning, Daniela? Spiritually... Huh? Yeah, there's a movement out there to dumb down Christianity. It's called like spirituality weakness or something like that. And it's dumbing it down. So what it does is say, this is for all of you out there. This book and this movement is for all of us out here who just think, you know, we just can't measure up. We just keep falling. We just keep can't make it. Instead of lifting us up where the Spirit of God can take us. That was me attempting to jump, I know. Uh, It takes us to a place where, you know, let's let's just dumb it down. And they're trying to do this across Christianity. There's a mindset where the Spirit is. And it's, it's where my desire comes when the Spirit changes it. It's not my desire. There is a joy that comes from defeating temptation and sin. Not a surrender constantly to it. I control my mind. Therefore, I control which my mind will be set on. You sit here and you say, well, I can't, just can't do that. No, no, no. You are challenged, and I am challenged, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the reason you are challenged to do that is because you have an opportunity. You have power over it. You have a free will. And I have a free will. What are you going to set your mind on? That's the challenge of what the passage of Scripture is saying. Look at verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Which, which has a governor on you? Which is governing over you? I read this passage of Scripture, and it says, you know, it should breed a little bit of that healthy fear of the Lord in me. Ooh, Evan, are you sure you're walking okay? There's that love of the Lord, and there's that reverence of the Lord that challenges me when I open up the Scriptures. Verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is Hostile. If I sit here today, and you say, and it's not the spirit, then it is the flesh. It's a sinful nature. And the Scripture says it's hostile to God. It goes on to say it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And then verse 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Almost just a repeating. There's a mindset that comes and just says, you know, I'll just always live this way. I can't live the way that God wants me to do, what the Scripture calls me to do. I can't live holy. And therefore, we just kind of surrender to it. Be careful. There's a mindset that is against God and will not live righteous. And righteous simply means doing what is right in God's eyes. And then there is a mindset that wants only what the Spirit provides and we ask ourselves the question, which do I have? That's the question. Which do I have? I am who God says I am, not who I'm rumored to be. Number three. It's this big word. Two letters, if, hard to spell, if, I-F. You know, it's the word that connects promises. It's the word that gives and takes away. It's when your boss comes up and says, if you will continue to do the job you're doing, I will give you a raise. If you can show up on time, if you can take your production from 100 parts an hour to 120, if there's a promise connected to it, and the word if is used all throughout this. But somehow or another, Christians hear the word if and they just don't think it applies to them. I'm a Christian. It's a, the passage doesn't apply to me. And I don't see anything other than just a... Because this is written to Christians. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. He's trying to encourage. He's trying to give us that security, which we want to have. But he says, if indeed... The Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Now, notice it says the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ. Some That's the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the Trinity is taught in certain and various places. We don't even think about it. It's right there. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit with a capital S. And the passage of Scripture puts it this way, if indeed the Spirit of Christ lives in you, great. Security, love, freedom. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ, then there's a fear and a respect, which might cause me or you today to say, whew, maybe I've backslidden farther than I ever thought I did, and maybe I'm not a Christian. Maybe, maybe, I'm just not a Christian. We must pass the test of righteousness and the mindset and ask ourselves, am I becoming more and more free from my sin or is it just same old, same old? Verse 10, but if. If Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. You get it right. There was this thought that you know, if you truly were a Christian, you know, you, you, you know, you, your body wouldn't never decay. You know, if you're decaying, you're basically showing that there's still sin. And there would be people that say the only time and the only place you could ever live free of sin is in the next life, not this one. This passage of scripture says, "Mm." It does admit. If you're in Christ, your spirit's going to live, but your body's going to decay like every creaky old person here, which I don't know if there's no old people here, but for those of you like me that are having a tough time getting up in the morning now, you play a couple rounds of racquetball and you're down for a week, the body is going to decay. Verse 11, and if, Christians, if, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. One of the reasons I'm using so much Scripture today is so that you don't think this is my opinion. Because lots of times people go away and they'll think that that's, that's the preacher's opinion. That, I'm looking at the Scripture here, and verse 11 says everything that we do should be a lifelong mission to say thank you, Savior. When's the, last time, uh, ama- When's the last time you sang Amazing Grace, fresh and new? When's the last time you thought to yourself, you know, I remember what I was like. When's the last time as a Christian you needed amazing grace because you just messed up and you sinned and you know it and you rebelled and you're just like this morning, thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. Because you must repent. And you know the scripture says God grants repentance. It scares me sometimes. People think, i just go and say I'm sorry and move on. No, no, no. Do you have that sense in your spirit that you have been forgiven? God grants repentance. Uh, you know, the word if, the word if, it should, it should cause me to search my mind. It should cause me to search my heart. It should cause us today to say, whoo, am I living by the Spirit? Am I led by the Spirit? I am who God says I am. The word if challenges me. It has that wonderful balance of the fear of the Lord, that respect for what He's saying you know what? Maybe I've gone all the And the love of the Lord. For those of you who say, I'm led by the Spirit. Therefore, you're safe and secure. Number four is the word debtor. It's the word debtor. And the de- definition, I believe it's in your notes, one held by an obligation. You're bound by a duty, but he- held by an obligation. And that's how verse 12 starts out. He kind of shifts now, and he says, Therefore, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation But it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Don't matter what the rumor is about me. How how am I living? But if by the Spirit, now here's the power of the Spirit, here's the freedom. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body. Now I understand this can be in one sense a Christian who needs to be sanctified. I understand in another sense, he's just simply making it black and white. It's a, it's a check, it's a challenge. Evan, are, are you led, are you living by the Spirit? Christians have an obligation to Jesus Christ. Have we lost the truth, the emotion, and the passion of Jesus Christ? The flesh, the sinful nature, did nothing for us. Matter of fact, it did nothing but rob us of life. It, it, we're not indebted to it, but you can be indebted to it. We live indebted to it unless we're set free by the Spirit. On the contrary, the Spirit sets us free, and the, and, and the sinful nature, it, it binds us. It robs us of life. It steals us of pure, godly joy and gives us sinful pleasure. It, it feels good, but it's not joy. And you all know how, it, that there is a wonderful, pleasurable side to sin. The sinful nature gives us that. And it's what draws us back and what kind of sometimes defeats that, uh, uh, that temptation when, when we lose the battle. Do you know every time a thief steals something and gets away with it, they tell themselves to lie, right? I'm never going to get caught. And then you watch a TV show of dumb criminals, you know. How dumb they are. Hey, Let's videotape ourselves. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and then we'll put it on TV. No, we are in debt. Every time a thief steals something, doesn't they get away with it. I think sometimes Christians think, I've gotten away with that. And I got away with that. Except for the fact that in eternity, no one will get away with it. Especially if in eternity you're far from Christ. Don't be fooled. The fear of the Lord speaks to us in these verses. The teaching, it causes us to want to yield to our flesh. So that we don't... So this, not yield to the flesh, so that we don't die. The Spirit in us puts to death the sins of the flesh. That's why it says right here in the Scripture that by the Spirit you can put to death the misdeeds of the body. Are you winning the battle? Is the Spirit of God living inside of you? Are you spending time in the Word and in prayer? Do you have a passage of Scripture to defeat the temptation, your number one temptation? Do you got two passages of Scripture? Because the Word of God is our sword. It's what helps us fight against temptation. It's helped me through memorizing, set myself free from things that have tempted me and have taken me down. We are who God says we are. Sinful nature, death. Spirit of God, life. Number five. It's the word adopted. It's the word adopted. And then he goes on, he says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. He's made this case about the sinful nature and about the Spirit. And now he transitions with the hope that you understand and know that you're a child of of the Lord. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Now he says, come on, be part of the family. It's not some robotic relationship. It is a relationship. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. First test, I'm going to give you two tests. First test here is, am I led by the Spirit? Now you ask yourself the question, what does that mean? What exactly is that? Well, it starts with Abba, Father. How do you refer to God? How do you have a sense in your heart and your spirit? Daddy, Father? You have that sense, and you have that conversation with him? This word right here, this adoption to sonship, this is the Greek phraseology that was used and was a term to refer to a male who became a fully adopted heir of a Roman citizen, which was not an easy thing. Not so much as they were a Roman citizen, but they would be an heir. Their inheritance would also be given on down to them. This is a strong word. I don't know how many of you have ever been through adoption. I got a picture up here of... Uh, of Cameron, you got that one for me? There's Cameron. Cameron from Lifeline. Ashley and John Glovna are in the process of adopting Cameron. Really, really bad situation with his mom. Real bad situation. You know, you guys all know the stories. But I was talking to Ashley, and I said, yeah, how's it going? And she said, I mean, they've gone through like about a year of stuff. And she says, we still got another six months to go through it. She talked about what they have to do, what they have to go through. They have their home inspected. Uh, they, they, I think they take a look at their finances. They, they got all this process to go through. And I said, You know, is it worth it? Why don't you just give up? She laughed at me. She, I knew that. I knew the answer for it. She said it. Adopting somebody's a lot of work, it's a lot of thought. It's a, you know, having kids is easy. I, my, I think my wife got pregnant on our honeymoon. She, she couldn't keep her hands off of me, I think. It was pretty quick. And I know people, you know people that, that can't have kids. I get it, I know, I, I understand. That's tough. We have family that can't either. But, you know, it's like hardly no planning. And then you have it, and she's like, oh my gosh, I would have thought about this a little longer. But when you adopt, you have to think about it. You have to plan. You have to sacrifice. And when God planned to adopt you, He thought about it, thought about his son, thought about what it would cost his son, thought about the payment, he thought about the pain, and he said, you are still worth it. Therefore, you should be led by the Spirit that he wants to give you and be led by the Spirit. The first test is, am I led by the Spirit? Because he is wanting to adopt you. Verse 16 is the second test. It's the Spirit himself testifies to our spirit that we are God's children. The second test there, the word testify there is a witness. The passage of Scripture, when you see the Spirit Himself, that's the middle voice. When it says God Himself, they want you to understand this. This is double emphasis on the God or on the Spirit Himself. In other words, you have a spirit. You claim you're a Christian. Does the Holy Spirit bear witness to you? Be careful. Somebody else doesn't try to convince you you're a Christian. Be careful when you don't do that. Oh, well, I did this, I did this, I did this. I, the second test is, is the Spirit testifying to your spirit? How do I explain that? I don't know how to explain that. I just know what it is, and you know what it is. Have you drifted? Have you gotten away? Do you understand that you and I, we are our debtors to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been adopted, and I am not a Christian unless he says I am. The word Christian isn't even used here. The one promise that makes me a Christian is the Spirit, and that's what this entire section is about. And it's talking about, can I defeat the misdeeds of the body, and can I live righteous, which is where our mindset should be. My mindset is, well, I'm just only human. I'm going to sin. Well, guess what? That's where it's going to go. But that's not biblical. That is not biblical. In your notes, I have according to the Holy Spirit, which is just simply a question today, according to the Holy Spirit, according to the Spirit of God who breathed this passage into life, who are you? Who are you? Has the fear of the Lord brought you to a place that you have this respect say, you know what? Thank you, God, because I'm not exactly sure. Or has the love of the Lord said to you, hey, you've been listening to me. You've been led by the Spirit. Is there a rumor going around that we're Christians? Or are we? In your notes, pretty simple statement, the asterisk. Remember who God is and who you are. Who is God and who am I? I'm no one unless he says I am and the Word of God tells me who I am. You know the word We like to use the word entitlement for a lot of the younger generation. Man, I find all kinds of Christians who feel they are entitled to be a Christian because of this, that, the other. Is your is your faith up to the minute? I, I, in just a minute, I, I'm going to have a time of, of prayer, and we're going to open the altar today. You know, maybe you need to recommit. Maybe you need to come for the very first time. And so, in your notes, I just have. Could you make sure it's not a rumor, Sharon? We're sharing that. If you can come up, dear, could you make sure it's not a rumor? Do you want to make sure it's not a rumor? Do you want to spend a little bit of time just kind of reassuring? I can remember going through a really tough time and being down at uh, 3CNU, and I can remember the Spirit of God speaking to me. Are you sure you're sanctified, Evan? And I just said, I don't know, but I don't care. I'm going to the altar myself, spend some time. And if that's where you are, that might be where you're at. About two weeks ago, I had a police officer, John O'Leary, show up in my driveway. I won't tell you why he was there. He didn't take my wife away. But a police officer, John, thank you, John, and he started talking about some rumors and some things that we had kind of been hearing in the neighborhood, and that was that there were people going from shed to shed and garage to garage that were open, and that they were taking things. matter of fact, uh, the Baldwin's down the road there, friends of mine, I talked to them, an older couple, they broke and they took their stuff. My next door neighbor's last year had a four-wheeler stolen. I don't know, maybe he could just read on my lazy face. He said, Evan, you really should not let the inconvenience of having to Go get the key and unlock the shed. Keep you from locking your shed up. And my shed's been unlocked for three years, but it's not today. And so I, I just wonder as, you know, we talked about this amazing grace that God is there and able and just wanting to fill us with His Spirit. Is Have you gotten just a little bit lazy? You're not locking the shed? A few things got out. Somebody came in and stole something. The flesh has been the one that's been winning. Don't have to be. Through the amazing grace of our God, He can refill you. You can rededicate. Could you bow your heads with me, Jesus? As we prepare our hearts, may people prepare their knees to come and to bow before you by the Spirit of God and by, by what the, the, the truth of that song, the amazing grace. Boy, it isn't just for a one-time deal. It's for what goes on and on and on in us speak to us today. And so I say to each and every one of you today, who, who needs to come and just spend a little bit of time with Jesus at the altar? He's your friend. He's your dad. Does the Spirit of God live inside of you? So just with a little bit of, you know, amazing grace in the background, you come, you spend some time at the altar, you spend some time in prayer, rededicate or come to Jesus Christ for the very first time. Everybody's heart clear today? Jesus, may we not leave here today having a sense that uh, we're not yours. May the Spirit himself, Holy Spirit, pour out in our hearts and minds. Testify and witness to people here today. If they don't hear your voice, maybe they're not where they need to be. By your Spirit, Lord, may we defeat the things of the flesh the misdeeds of the body. You, you, you gave us power and freedom to live righteous, to fully meet the requirements of the law, which is love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. So we surrender to you today. Have your will and way in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Kim will come give us a couple announcements.